Hello and welcome to Who You Don't See, the podcast which celebrates the people behind the stars. In this podcast, we chat to people you might not have heard of, but who are key to making the magic happen. So we'll hear from tour managers, choreographers, fashion stylists. Basically, if they work with a household name, this podcast exists to give you an insight into their world. I'm your host, Megan Lawton, a journalist, broadcaster, and generally nosy person. And in this episode, I chat to music video director, Carly Cusson. I've been to America, I'd never been on a long, long distance fly. And then we went over there and we shot Missy Elliott. I, yeah, and I thought I was being punked. <laughs> I thought, no, no, this isn't real. It really isn't real. Carly's been directing musicians for over a decade. And in that time, she shot more than 300 videos, working with just about everyone in the world of pop, R&B and grime music. Everything about Carly is cool. She got her first break by sneaking onto a film set to make cups of tea, made her first music video using a favour from the emergency services, and since then has gone on to work with some of the biggest names in the business. Little Mix, Missy Elliott, Steph London, Sean Paul, Stormzy, and that's just the start of it. I caught up with Carly a few weeks back where we spoke about the dramas of working on a shoot when it takes an artist seven hours to do one outfit change and how a growing pressure on female artists is influencing filmmaking. So I'm going to start Carly where I start with all our guests. If I was to have a look at your CV, if I was to come up to you in a bar and ask you kind of, what's your job title? What would your CV say? What would you say? I'm a music video director that is uh, now sort of moving into commercials, but I still shoot lots of music videos. Um, And so, yeah, so I'm a creative. So exciting. Was there a music video? Do you remember watching a music video that you thought, yeah, bam, I want to do that as a career. I want to direct music videos. Um, Funny enough, I loved music videos, especially sort of around, you know, the late 90s and then the early 2000s. Um, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, all that that world. I loved music videos, but I actually wanted to be a storyteller and I wanted to be um, like what I thought when I was 15 was making movies and just being a film director. Um, And it wasn't until I sort of got into the film world, if you like, that I I fell into music videos on the passion of film. Um, But, but yeah, but but originally I wanted to just make movies and then, uh, and then I I fell into this world and thought, hang on, I can sort of make mini movies (laughs) Um, and sort of just ran with it. And, and, and yeah, not made my film yet. <laughs> 15 years later. That's still pending. That's still in the pipeline. <laughs> it is. Yes, so it you, really is. you say you fell into directing music videos. How do you, what kind of steps you have to, do you have to take to be even be in that industry in the first place? Let me, let me sort of take you back to the beginning. I was about 15, maybe just 15 when I realised, I watched the making of Lord of the Rings and I thought, Oh my god! I've just—it just—it sort of was like a little light bulb moment. That's what I want to do. I grew up telling stories, writing books, writing stories, making up these magical worlds, and I was like, "That's what I want to do. I want to make them real, so people, other people, can see what was in my head." So um, I said to my mum, I, I, "I was just doing my GCSEs," and I said to my mum, "Mum, I, I want to be a film director." And my mum was skeptical at first, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she said, "I tell you what, I'll do. I'll give you one year." one year and um if you go off and and get into the film industry I'll support you for the first year if not you go back to college so um off I totted up to Pinewood Studios (laughs) um and I and I basically just sort of forced my way on set um (laughs) and give me examples I I need to know how you forced yourself on set well I I I I sort of I I went up and, and I I remember um going to the tea station and I thought, right, what I'll do is I'll make cups of tea and just take them around. Yeah, that's what that's what tea makers do. So <laughs> I was like, hey guys, um, just making tea. Anyone want to throw their drinks at me? And and I'd write them down on my arm. Um, 
like honestly I was like 15 and I just had all these like drink orders they're like who is this chick (laughs) but 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 the wild thing is back on set then there wasn't half the amount of security and and there's so many people on set no one would ask who a runner is or who they not so I was quite it was cheeky but it was lucky because I just I was like hey I'm here to make tea never invoiced never knew who the company was so um so yeah so I I started to do that (laughs) I, it's, it's obviously it wouldn't work now, but it it managed to work back then. And and I and I remember thinking all I need to do is get it get in with just a few crew members. I just need an in on this. So um so I would be like writing down what they want to drink and 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 then when I went and gave them like a hot coffee or a hot tea or whatever they wanted, I'd say, oh, so what do you do and what's that and what's that piece of equipment and how's that work and and I'd just be asking all these questions like soaking it up like a sponge, and I um and one day and and I remember it like it was literally yesterday. This producer called Simon Poontip, he still exists, massive producer he um saw me on set and he said excuse me you come here come here never ever met me before and he said I've seen you running around for 14 hours so can you just sit down on my chair here and I was like this is producer (laughs) yeah but there was like um the directors were Max and Dania who were huge and I was just like oh right okay so I've just got to go with it and I was like yeah I want to be a film director and I'll run and and you know I'll come on any set and make tea for free it's fine like and and so I did that and sort of started and and he called me back for other jobs and I got started on sort of an actual role as a runner (laughs) a paid role as a runner and um and whilst I was learning that and learning like all the different skill sets and the jobs I my grandmother bought me a camera and um my friend said oh we got to make a music video I've got like 300 pounds which was I was like <laughs> big budget <laughs> huge we can get some lights um, and and so we did I and I remember I borrowed like my mum's car my granddad's cab my granddad's friend's restaurant he borrowed his friend's room and, so and someone serious else's about room. making this music video you wanted it to it look was- the part Oh God, yeah, it was wild, and and um, it, it, I think it took about three days of on-off filming all over the place, like really sort of bad filmmaking. Um, and then on the very last day, the the concept of the story was they're supposed to be like a a car crash, and and the girlfriend was, you know, gets hit by a car. So we're filming this scene. Um, it was about eleven o'clock at night, and just by pure chance, a car of kids that had stolen a car happened to drive around the corner and smash into a shop next to me. They were fine. All jumped out and run off. But then the ambulance turned up because somebody must have called, you know, the different people. And there was no one at the scene of this crime or anything. So I wandered over and I said, excuse me, I know you're super busy. Could you possibly just do a quick cameo in my video? And they were like, so much. we're shooting this scene and the car and and basically the car hits this girl but if you could just pull up and get out of the car uh, out of the ambulance it'll be great and they were like yeah sure why not well if you don't ask you don't get that's that's the universe just gifting you a music video (laughs) exactly and lo and behold the video went out and it was for an artist called tiny temper who then blew up to be huge so that was the beginning of my you know uh slide into the music video world um and 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 as soon as I did that video all of a sudden you get all these independent artists like oh uh so how much do you charge for videos and I'm like I don't know uh 500 oh a thousand and then they were going up like 2,000 3,000 um and I got and I was really lucky to get hired then by a company called Channel U and I got to sort of work with everybody when they started like I got to work with Ed Sheeran when he first ever started I, I suppose at the time it was a grime artist platform so all the the grime stars coming through I was you know shooting hundreds of videos left right and center um and then I decided well I want to shoot like pop stuff now I've done like all the yeah. sort of low budget urban grime stuff I want to shoot Little Mix <laughs> and so um I got an agent, uh, very lucky, really, uh, that she sort of took me on and trusted me. And so she said, okay, I'll I'll get a little mix job for you to write on and we'll see how it goes. I was like, oh, come on, let's do this. And when you say write on, what is your job there? 
so so what so sorry yes totally no. um they, they the label would send out a song um with a brief and a budget to like the agents and sort of production houses and they'll pick a selection of directors to write a concept okay. and then little mix will look at all the concepts and pick their favorite and then you'll go away and make that video so it's like a bidding thing yeah exactly exactly um and so i i wrote my idea sent it in and I thought, oh, you know, I'm I'm really small scale compared to some of these huge world, you know, renowned directors. So, um, so I sent it off anyway. Um, and I remember I was in Victoria Station coming out of the tube and I had a bunch of missed calls from my agent. And I was like, oh, and then I, I listened to my voice note. She said, you're never going to believe this. You've got the little mix job. And I was like, what? what? I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. So, um, and I was, I was over the moon, and I, and I went straight up to Sony and 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 into the label. And the commissioner had actually said to me, "Carly, you do know your reel doesn't justify you doing this video, so don't fuck it up." <laughs> but that is that is his quote, and I said so that oh, really I... relaxed you. <laughs> yeah, massively, massively. And I, it wasn't a big budget at the time, and I built these big sets and. You know, we had a, a crew of like 50 people and there was extras everywhere and it was like a really big shoot and something that I'm definitely not used to. But I had the best time of my life. Like I loved every second of it. And um, and then right at the end of the video, uh, the commissioner came over to me and said, hey, what are you doing next week? And I said, oh, editing this video. She was like, great. Would you be able to fly to New York and shoot Missy Elliott for the for the feature I was like yes. I think so yeah I'd never been to America I'd never been on a long long distance fly I was like oh my god this is crazy um and then we went over there and we shot Missy Elliott can you believe I I shot I was early 20s 21 maybe Why are you baby and I yeah and I thought I was being punked <laughs> I thought, no, no, this isn't real. It really isn't real. And 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 we sat in the. Um, it's really funny after the shoot. Me and my friend Amalia, who's also a producer that started from the bottom, we we worked together from teenagers. We sat in Applebee's in New York, looking at each other like, "Is this real? We're really sitting in New York after just shooting Missy Elliott, who had to rush off to get to Timberland's party." Hello, <laughs> invite. We just like, but yeah, I, I. But it was wild. And then was she nice? And I. She was wonderful. Yeah, really wonderful. Um, and so lovely to work with, collaborative. And I remember getting back into the UK, getting back into my... And at the time, I had a green Suzuki Swift that had the the like the like bumper taped on with gaffer tape. <laughs> like, I was... I didn't... I, honestly. And I drove back to my little council estate and I went into... Um, like, there's, like, a little set of shops opposite my house. And um, and I've grown up there. And I went in and I... And, um, and the guy that has the convenience store there said... Oh hey, yeah, how you doing? I was like, guess what? I've just come back from New York. I shot Missy Elliott and and Little Mix and all this stuff. Really cool stuff has happened. And you heard, and and it felt like kind of two different worlds. Like going back into reality felt like like I'd never actually been yeah, there. Was it a dream? And, yeah, and everyone was sort of looking at me like, what is she going on about? Um, and then the next, I, ca- I can't remember it, maybe not the next day. Said, no, no, I had to edit the video. We got that out. And then I was, where was I? I think I was walking down uh, Elpington's Mall or shopping centre or something. And I got this text up on my phone saying, oh, Simon Cow's talking about your video on Twitter. And I was like, oh, here we go. And what was he saying? Go. Nice yeah, stuff. Just saying, yeah, that, how amazing the video was. And, what, and what song I, is honestly, this? This was called um, "Hey, How You Doing." It was one of Little Mix's first. I think it might have been their second ever video, but it was such a surreal experience, and it really did launch my career into you know and 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 it, to places that I didn't think it would ever go. And and um, and yeah, so that's how I started. Wow. <laughs> in, in, in this in this uh, industry, I feel like we can end the podcast now. Like I've already gave so much <laughs> <the> story. <laughs> so you started with Little Mix, Tiny Temper. Give us an idea of the other a whole host of other artists you've worked with since then. Well, um, I have been very lucky. I once I shot Little Mix, and it sort of 
threw me into the pop world. I got to work with, um, back then it was like the Saturdays, Oli Murs, um, people like that. I got, God, now I feel like I need to think about all the people. Um, then I went into a little bit of commercials and then I came back and started working with people like Steph London. Um, and I'm just trying to think who more recently, Becky Hill. God, it feels like I'm just throwing out names now. But some of... Sounds some like of, you're reading like the UK Top 40. Just like if they're a big artist, you've worked with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been very, very lucky um, to, 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 to work with almost everyone, I guess, at some stage. Um, if, even if it's just on a feature, like people like Stormzy, I've worked with if he's featured on like a Crepton Conan track or, you know, there's so, so it, it sort of varies from you know, quite underground grime all the way through to your, I just did a steps video. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like, you know, that I I remember listening to them when I was, had a Walkman. (laughs) So there we go. Do you ever, and you've listed a catalogue of huge celebrities there, do you ever get nervous throughout your career? Or is it sort of something in the early days that you were starstruck? Or do you say now when you're meeting someone who's like Missy Elliott status, I don't know, like Sean Paul for the first time, then do you get a bit like, oh God, I'm meeting someone important today? There's a, there's this sort of nervous adrenaline that happens at the beginning of every music video because something will inevitably go wrong, so, you know, and there, there'll be things that are going to be amazing that you don't even know is going to happen yet. Um, and, and then when you're working with somebody who you're responsible for the visuals of their audio, you kind of feel you know, uh, a responsibility to, to 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 make it right for them. And I think that causes a bit of nerve. But as far as, you know, working with artists, I think right at the beginning, 100%, when I first met Little Mix, I was probably really nervous. Um, but now I think it's more of a, because it's been 15 years, you, you kind of get into a mindset of you've got a job to do and you've got to do it well and you've got to do it good and you've got loads of people counting on you. And so you really get into the zone and think, right, everybody's here for me to make this happen. Get in it, do it. But every single every single prep job, I there's always the question of, can I do this? Uh, 300 videos later, can I do this? Yeah, you can. You've just got to concentrate. And then nerves come because you care about what you do. If you were oh, if you were too yeah. relaxed, you wouldn't be nervous. But no, in, absolutely. In those moments where you said like you even got the call from the agent about the little mix video, did you said that you instantly felt like oh my god, I'm it's me now. They've chosen me to do it. How do you shake off that imposter syndrome? Well, it falls into place once you get your team. You 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 lock down your DP and you start talking to your production designer. And when you you know, see them dissolve, dissolve, digest the treatment and come up with their own ideas. And then you start having this sort of collaborative chat. It's then when it starts, you start to relax and think, no, do you know what? Everybody's on board. Everybody's bringing their talents. You know, I, this is a team effort and we're going to do it. When I um, think about all these musicians or sort of artists in general, I imagine them to be like pretty confident people, people who rock up and know they're good and know they're talented but actually, you've, like you say, you saw people at the start of their careers. Have you ever had to be the person on set who's like reassuring people, helping them find their mojo and be like, you're great, you're going to be good at this today? Yeah, oh God, every single, every single video. Because no matter who you are, you you still challenge yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so every artist, no matter how confident they are, it's still a case of you have to go through styling you have to go through hair and makeup you have to go through all these people saying oh this is right that's wrong this is right that's wrong then you get on set there's lights and cameras everywhere people talking then you're having this one-on-one with the director and it's up to me to explain the scene to them to explain what I need to get out of them they've never been on that set before they've they you know it's the first time that they're going to be hearing the song really loud on a set with cameras so there's always an element of getting stuck into it and 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 I guess that's what we sort of call it like we you know we I, I I tend to have the first take or even the first two takes I'll roll them and record them but I won't I'll pretend to the artist that I'm not and just to warm them into it because um even it, you know if you're the most confident person in the world when you're put somewhere you've never been before everyone's watching you 
you know, there's 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 an element of you need that positive momentum and the cheering and the and the direction and making sure you're getting it right. I'm I'm talking like I'm an artist, I'm not, <laughs> but I can imagine and 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 um for me personally, especially when I work with girls, it's really important to get into their head and work out as an individual what they really want because every artist is different. Every artist wants something different from their video or their visual. So it's really important to understand where their head is to then be able to direct them and coax them out of their shell or or, or put them back in their shell if they're too if they're too loud or whatever. Does that you know happen? What I mean? whatever. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Lethal Bizzle <laughs> jumps about so much he nearly broke one of the set walls. No. So you have <laughs> Gosh, to say, I kind of can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, can you calm down before you break my set? Who in the industry that you've worked with has been like a dream artist to work with, to collaborate with? So many from all sort of sides as well. Um, I I feel like I've done really, really cool collaborative work with people like Getz um and people like crept and conan where we've sat down and come up with ideas together and built them from scratch but then all the way through to people like craig david and ollie mers who are just incredible hard-working super talented and super easygoing people and then there's girls that i like to work with that i've got a specific relationship with and a bond with and and so i like to you know explore different creative options with them so so everyone's got their own working style and and you know and and they're all really great in their own ways but um but there's so many I wouldn't even know honestly it's really quite it's quite inspiring knowing how many artists out there are still really attached to their creative and really want to um push through like and and get it right for themselves as well I think there's sometimes there can be a little bit of this idea that all artists are divas and they come on set for 10 minutes and but there aren't there are people out there I've just worked with an artist called Cloves who blew me away with her dedication on set like even she had to do a wardrobe change and you know I've had artists take sort of seven hours getting changed from one outfit to another seven hours seven hours and then clothes I think it was less than four minutes like she literally ran was taking her clothes off ripping the new clothes back up it, and it's like you're you, like you know, calm down you've got six and a yeah. half hours <laughs> um but but yeah so every everybody works differently and 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 not everybody is in fact there aren't actually that many divas not I I, not in my um well not in my side of it and not I haven't experienced it I've you know you have the the odd tantrum I'm going to call it a tantrum because I feel like some of my baby pop stars like they're babies they're my little babies um and and that can just be because you know the lighting's not right or they don't like their hair or the styling hasn't quite gone to what they imagined and and they might have a a moment of god it's the end of the world and you sort of have to like talk them off the ledge and say hey look why don't we swap the shoes for this or change up that i'll do this with the lighting and then all of a sudden they're like oh it looks amazing and they you know full of full of energy again so in those moments, you like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is my job. I'm here, like, <laughs> I'm surrounded by, like, hundreds of people, lights, makeup, and I'm having to have a negotiation, maybe, about a pair of shoes. And yes. <laughs> if we change that pair of shoes, then the day's going to be great. Are you there, like, Jesus, wow, this is a moment. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it, each, like I said earlier, each set has its own, like, issues and things that go wrong. And, and some of them can be genuinely quite wild I've I've had some pretty shocking experiences where I've been on a shoot and you know someone's drove by and just shot a gun at the entire shoot and oh, drove my goodness like really quite horrific things all the way through to like you know just oh my hair got a bit too wet or <laughs> do you know what I mean so there's there's, there's, there's a spectrum <laughs> yeah and there's been I can't even count the times I've sat in a chair or even stood by the monitor like I'm actually in this this is actually my life this is this is crazy this is actually crazy because I've been so fortunate and I say fortunate because it it really is um I've 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 been able to see a lot of the world as well so I've been standing in the most insane places and thinking wow my job got me here and and I can't 
tell you how grateful I am actually (laughs) you're fortunate but you're also really talented you wouldn't be in those places it's not luck or fortune maybe there's a bit of that but it's also you're great so you're going to keep getting booked to do these incredible jobs well I mean hopefully it's that and 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 but but um but there's I I come from literally a a a tiny little council estate in Orpington and and my school told me that I should be a nurse and that I should stop thinking about dreaming of Hollywood and and so the when I went to live in LA and and seeing the 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 kind of insanity of how wild Hollywood is and sitting there going wow I grew up thinking you know what well do you, do you know what I mean like I grew up thinking I'd never ever be able to go and see Vegas or I know Jamaica or wherever and and to see it in a place where you're creating a visual that is inside your head and all these people are there for you it's and they're like, making whoa. it happen your vision yeah. come true yeah. do you ever it's- um I don't know how much you're on texting terms with these artists but do you ever look through like your whatsapp conversations like Oh my God, Sean Paul, Jesse from Mixamix. <laughs> I've got their numbers. <laughs> I forget, but it's when I'm somewhere and someone will ring me and I'll be chatting away and they'll go, who's that? And I'll go, oh, so-and-so. They're like, what? <laughs> you just went to who? Who on the phone? What? And it's quite, um, because I was also really lucky that when, I started at 15, 16-ish and I got to grow with so many of these artists. Um, and... And so you you sort of build these friendships and relationships and you forget they're megastars. And then my brother and sister or someone will remind me. It's a crazy world, an exciting one. (laughs) I want to get my head around the process of making a music video and how, like, the idea comes about. Is it very much you set the kind of you plan out how you want that music video to look and then you, you approach the artist with it and then how does it then work in terms of getting like the styling team on board and the people designing the set on board is that all kind of led from you or is that a collaborative process do you have a constant team around you yeah the the teams I like to I have so many different teams and I like you know I, I I'm it sounds ridiculous but I love everybody else's creative input so I tend to change up my team because I like I like so many people's ideas so so how it tends to work is my agent will send me a track um with a brief I'll write I'll I'll listen to the track several times well a hundred (laughs) times um and then I'll sort of start to build the ideas in my head write them down with some mood boards build a treatment um send that off to the label if I get it, that they'll go to the artist. If the artist likes it, I'll either jump on a call or um, now a Zoom because we can't meet mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> but um, usually you'd, you'd meet up or you have a Zoom chat and um, and you'll talk through the idea and, and, and sort of more on a human level. Do you know what I mean? Like a person to person. It's a real human that's got to stand in front of all these cameras and lights. And so I want to make sure that, you know, I'm we 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 connect and, and I get it. And then I'll go away with the producer and build the team. So we'll pick like the DOP, which is the cameraman, lighting cameraman. Um, we'll pick the production designers or or, um, or the set builders or what, what, whoever, location um, agent. Um, and then nine times out of 10, the artist will pick their stylist or yeah. whoever they feel is appropriate and their glam squad. And then I'll just put maybe some mood boards together just so we're all on the same page. We'll have a couple more conversations Um in the the days leading up to the shoot um and then yeah we prep as much as we can and and then we get on set and shoot the video and it's usually just one day wow okay and then and then yeah and then we edit and off it goes to the big world (laughs) see you later (laughs) you know um the steph london video that that was filmed in jamaica by the looks of it had a little stalk of your instagram Oh yes, yeah. One of the, I've I've done quite a few for Steph actually, but yes, what we did shoot one in Jamaica. We did. And yes. then, so for a project like that, how long are you out in Jamaica for? Are you there a few weeks before scouting locations, or is it just ad hoc? And we've got we're going to have all that allows in her busy schedule is two days, so we've just got to make it happen. Yeah. Well, uh, do you know what? Here's something quite tragic on that specific shoot we flew out to Jamaica the first time um so we fly out maybe two days earlier so we can um 
have a look at the locations that would have been previously sent to us via pictures and stuff. Um, and we'd we shortlist them, go and look at those locations, lock in where we want to shoot, um, which we did. And then uh, very horrifically, her as she flew into Jamaica, her dad was killed. Oh, my goodness. And we were like, oh, my God, this is wild. Um, super tragic. And so... Yeah, and so we, so the entire we we couldn't shoot, of course. So we all have to down tools, fly back to the UK, and then we all, when Steph was ready, we all flew back again. Um, and we'd already sort of, you know, scouted the locations. We knew what we were doing, um, and then we got to shoot it, and um, and 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 it was a really great video. And 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 her family came in from the you know the city, and 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 it was a really nice occasion. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so in, in total, I think I spent about two weeks in Jamaica. Um, but, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was, that was a particularly difficult project because of what happened. I imagine with a project like that, given all the trauma that happened in the build up to it, once you then get a music video that you're happy with, like you kind of bond so much so intensely with these people, especially when maybe you're on location somewhere like Jamaica, you're all kind of like staying in the hotel together I imagine and there's like such a camaraderie and to like end up with such a great result despite everything that happened that must kind of just feel like very poignant and sweet yeah it's also um it was a really good collaborative effort but it I it it's not as glamorous I don't think it's as glamorous as people think because I remember when we shot that video and, and I put all the footage onto my computer when I flew home I I was in the airport waiting to board and I was editing it on my laptop and then Sean Paul walked past and I thought <laughs> oh, I'll just I'll just carry on and then Steph walked past and Steph went oh Carly are you editing me I was like yeah come sit down and we're sitting in a coffee shop just having a look for the footage in the airport Sean Paul must be like what are they do but um it was quite surreal so and I was actually editing on the flight home then it got sent over to the actual editor and she met him in London but it's quite a weird yeah disjointed yeah yeah, it's not as sort of like it literally is me you know editing on a laptop you know on a plane and then it goes to somebody else and so it's not as um like I, I, I assume people think it's like this big set and then all these special people take it off and but the reality is most of the videos you see I've sat and edited on my sofa <laughs> I, I remember specifically the little mix one I I had um I had a setup on my sofa and um and I and I remember just before I finished the um the, the second video I did with them I spilt coffee all over my laptop in the middle of the edit and I was like nightmare I'm going to lose the entire edit so I had to ring up my agent explain that I'm going to lose the edit because I'd spilt coffee over my lap at home did it and- go down well <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, have you got a backup I was like oh, I'll find one um but, it, but it's not really it's there's a lot of sort of home grownness to it and homemadeness to it. I, I I'm saying this this is me specifically other directors might work different but for me it's quite a normal day-to-day life effort do you know what I mean it's not this it's you know you, you, yeah some big slick production suite yeah, with loads of buttons like, all over yeah it's really not it's just it's quite as pretty much me on my laptop at home I imagine (laughs) a big part of your job is giving feedback to people and that's probably something that I'm guessing you got better and more comfortable with over time because the idea of I don't know if Stormzy Stormzy was in front of me dancing right now and I had to be like even if I thought he could give more I'd be like oh I don't know if I can word it like that (laughs) (laughs) I remember being really worried when I was sort of especially late teens when I first started getting you know into the swing of things I remember thinking like how 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 do I how how can you say oh you have to sort of bring your chin down a little bit because it could look a bit you know weird and masculine this way or you know or or someone could be a size six literally a size six sit down and they've got like four or five roles where it's just skin and that's yeah that's that's your body yeah and the thing is it's my job to tell them that even though they are a size six would they want 
that to be shown because some girls, especially young pop stars, they don't want you to, you to see all their little skin rolls, even though they are a size six. So it's a really awkward conversation. So um, <clears throat> now how I tend to handle things is I'll do takes. If there's things that um, are like I really love or, you know, I'll shout. I, I, I'm very vocal on sets. So I'm always shouting like, yes, love it. Wow. <laughs> Uh, it just comes out it's like verbal diarrhea um, no we need yet one of you in every office across the country (laughs) sometimes I I swear I give myself a headache but I it's it's really easy to you know hype up but when you've got to sort of say do you want do you mind looking like this or do you mind because I I feel like even and it's it's really a, a, a touchy subject at the moment. But you know, being comfortable in your own skin is 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 massively important. But you, you don't know what's going through that pop star's head, and you don't, they they may not want to have that type of lighting that makes their you know their face look you know I, I don't know more masculine or or they've got this happening and 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 so I like to sort of you know shoot the take I'll say come and have a look at the take with me we'll sit down we'll watch it together we'll talk about what we like what we don't like I'll talk about where I think your performance is outstanding um and then we'll go through the take and nine times out of ten the artist will say oh yeah I really like my energy there I could give a bit more here and then I'll explain how they can do that so I'll say okay so on this beat come forward a bit more and I'll I'll bring the camera around you and you can really get in there or or and we'll we'll map it out together but it's always important because if you don't say um hello little miss size four <laughs> you have got a couple of skin rolls you know where you're sitting funny and they see that in the edit they're gonna yeah. they're, they'll say oh my goodness like I need to lose and you're like Jesus no you don't you really yep. don't. like you're a and sh- it's all about that we can practice and preach body positivity as much as we want but yeah. I think especially when it comes to female pop stars they are seen like their image is so 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 important to their so they're what they're putting out to the world, yeah. I think. And, and also, there is this element of there are a lot of artists out there, or even extras, actors, that work really hard for the body they want. Like, that's yeah. important to them. I mean, I, I'm a size 18, so I clearly don't. <laughs> it's not body image isn't important to me. <laughs> but, but some artists, they work really hard. Like, they might work out and they, they're doing different diets. And so it's important to them. Yeah. And even even when you're dealing with somebody that is possibly even got body dysmorphia yeah. you're, you're they're relying on you to get what they want out of the visual and 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 even though I know or anyone would know they they're tiny and skinny and look great it you you have to get inside their head too and unfortunately some of these um pop stars are under the most disgusting scrutiny on YouTube that you you have to understand what they want and and I can say you know I work with people like Stefan Don who you know she's very sexy she's curvy she's um you know but there there will be times where she won't look the way she, she won't like the way she looks in something or a particular outfit or she might angle and it's you know and to to most people she's a hundred percent perfect but to her she'll she'll have something and it's my job to find it and you know and make sure it's whatever she wants is perfect yeah fascinating I mean we all see it when say you may upload a tagged picture of you on Instagram you're like oh god I don't like it so the pressure knowing that 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 picture of you is going out to 400 followers you still freak out knowing millions of people are probably going to watch you there yeah is a another level it's quite sad um what artists are put through you know from the world's feedback and and they get you know there might be something that they've never thought of before I don't know let's say they didn't think they had a big forehead and five YouTube comments will say you've got a big forehead all of a sudden they're saying right how can I make my forehead what are you talking about your forehead looks great what the hell are you talking about but it, it's the way that the YouTube and the digital world has worked now. It's sort of slightly changed okay. filmmaking as well. Yeah, I can imagine because we see how we're presented online as so much of our self-worth. And if you've got, I cannot even imagine what it must be like to read through comments analysing your body, your yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah. 
You said earlier you've been in the industry for 15 years directing music videos, which is incredible. When you look back on all the projects you've worked on, is there one particular project or final sort of finished, polished video that stands out to you as like your greatest bit of work? I... I think I have this, um, I think all directors have this, to be fair. What happens is when you get the song and you start creating the idea, you're so excited and it's building and it's getting bigger and you're like, ah, then you go through the process of pitching, then designing and then actually shooting, then editing. By the end of it, you've pulled yourself, your own work apart so much because I sit with a, you know, a, a fine tooth comb and just pick it like that's wrong, that's wrong. And so by the end of it, you hate it, honestly. Yeah, and yeah, then, I can imagine watching it back. And then like three months. And yet you're there saying to everybody, I love it, yeah, I no, love I it, do, oh, it's great, you look amazing. I, I do, but you, I, I don't know what it is, it's like this psychological thing. And then when you watch it back, it's like three months later, you'll go back and watch it. Every time I do it, I think, oh, I really love that video. That's really lovely. <laughs> and so you, it's it's sort of disconnecting all of the, you know, two to three weeks of intense prep. And, you know, on the shoot day, you don't get, you, you might not get every single shot you wanted or every angle or every bit of, you know, detail. And, and so um, it's really hard for me to say what product projects I like the the most I can I can definitely say which ones were really fun to shoot I was actually I shot this music video once for a guy called, uh, for KTV and Tiny Temper and um and it was had it was like a roll ro- rotating platform with like in different sort of block yeah, coloured rooms yeah and um and it was the first time I'd ever tried to do a 360 set build sort of thing and and when I first ever did that the budget was so low at the time um and it was I think it was number one straight away and 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 the success off the back of the video was great and I felt really proud because I was like everyone sort of did it for free and and you know it was it was really ambitious project so there are there are some low budget things that are really ambitious and you achieve really great and then you know and then you have your overall like oh, I've always wanted to shoot this and it's turned out great um and then the other ones that you think I hate this it's refreshing to hear that your job is similar to like so many I mean my job like lots of people listening's jobs in the respect that not every day is going to be incredible even if the final result looks incredible there's a lot of kind of like exhaustion and stress and like self-criticism that goes throughout that all whole the time process. I mean I feel like I sat and talked about you know female artists being body self-critical but I'm sort of creatively self-critical and you always feel like you and 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 I it was only a couple of years ago I realized how human everybody is and how sort of everybody has minor confidence issues in certain things and even if you're really great at what you do it's you know there's there's still that but but is this good is anyone gonna like it is this gonna be my last ever video and I and, and trust me once you put out a video if you don't book another video within a week oh that's it your career's over oh I'm Really? Yeah, that's how dramatic. <laughs> Everyone must have hated it, and then you look—it's got ten million views. Everyone sort of liked it, but I feel like I'm never going to work again. It's really weird. It's all these sort of and and this year, as for 2020, well, I mean, if that's not we didn't see this one coming, did we? It's not, and and I, it knocked my confidence badly. And I when I was talking to people on set recently, it's knocked everybody, and you think that's because everyone is still human. And you've had the career that you love, the environment that you love taken away from you. Like, of course you're missing oh, that. Yeah, it's so, it's, I forgot how exciting the energy is on set where I hadn't been on set for a few months and then I went on set. And it's, there is something there. It's, I remember when I was about 17 and I was working on, I, I was doing my own projects, but I was still helping out on other sets to learn. And I remember saying to my mum, God, I would pick being on set over any Caribbean holiday, any trip to Fort Park, any Christmas <laughs> Like it's, and, and, I, and I, I really truly believe that. I do feel like set days feel like a bit of a wedding day. It's really weird. I love that. And then yeah. you said about a Caribbean island, you got to do your job on a Caribbean island. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Funny enough, though, when you shoot overseas, it's actually really stressful. Is it? I, can, I was going to actually ask you about. You said sort of what a good day at work is. What is a bad day at work for you? How does that look like? Bad days can be really, really 
stressful, especially if things are running late, if it decides to rain, if one of the vehicles breaks down somewhere, whether, you know, I've I've been on sets where the the technocranes just broke literally on set. It's just gone and the coal cameras come down and it's taken hours to fix. I've been on sets where we've unfortunately had the equipment stolen. I've been, yeah, I've been on sets where we've been, you know, um, the artist hasn't even turned up. (laughs) No. Oh God. Yeah. That one's a, that one's a great one. Can we name names? (laughs) Wiley. Wiley. Oh, (laughs) nightmare for not turning up a nightmare but um and then you get you know artists that turn up late um some artists turn up extraordinarily late and then you can, can we name names oh I feel terrible now there's <laughs> there's a few it, it tends <laughs> to happen in um grime there are a lot of grime artists that turn up late um and so you have to like shrink scenes or, you know, swap sets around. And, and the worst one is if you have to shoot something. So let's say you're shooting scene A, then shoot scene B, then scene C. And something happens where you can't shoot A. So now you have to quickly jump to scene C or B or whatever. And you're, then you might lose, can't come back and you lose time and things. Like that. It's, it, there's always something goes wrong. It's inevitable. But when it's bad, it can be really bad you can end up on a 28 hour shoot in the middle of god knows where it's pretty pretty tough I've had some toughies I once had a shoot so bad I bought these new trainers (laughs) stupidly wore them on the first day like you know wore them on set and by the end of the shoot I think we were on set for 22 hours and I got my trainer and went like that and literally blood was coming out where my feet were bleeding with blisters it was great Really you great. sacrifice yourself for your work. <laughs> That's how good you are. How does it feel? And you kind of like spoke about it earlier when you see your music video online on YouTube has 10 million views or say, I don't know, you're in the gym and you see the KTB Tiny Temper video it just comes up. How does that feel when you're like, That's my work and like millions of people are seeing this? Yeah, um, yes. I the best one actually for that particular thing, and I I tend not to go onto YouTube and look at my videos anymore because you, you there's a you always end up seeing toxic stuff so I, I I stay away from it but I took my sister this is years years and years ago I took my sister to see One Direction at Wimbledon or Wembley one of the big big I think it's Wembley and um and just before they came on, they did like a couple of music, like they had these massive giant screens and they were like playing music videos and they were all obviously Sony because it's the same label or whatnot. And um, my, a couple of my videos come on. But what was so wonderful was seeing the crowds dancing to the choreo and you're like, oh my God, not only has it people watched this video, they've learned the choreography from this video and you're watching it on this big screen with other people enjoying it. That experience was like, oh, wow, I really... I've got shivers. <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't, yeah, it's like, oh, that's really cool. Um, it's happened a few times. Like I've been sitting in the like hairdressers and I'll open a magazine and they would have done an article of the behind the scenes of a video or something. And I'm sitting there looking at like my crew members and being like, oh, it's actually like my set and it's it's quite because I still and I know it sounds really I don't want to sound weird but I still go to like you know the hairdressers that have always cut my hair so and and, and when I and I'll be chatting away and I'll be like oh yeah and then this happened and then I saw this person. and they're like oh you you still saw this person this one. and you forget that there are that people still believe that the world is so glamorous out there and all these you know millionaire celebrities and yeah your life is so exciting the fact I'm like buzzing over the fact I've spoken to someone who's got Sean Paul as a contact on their phone like I think that's incredible <laughs> But but it's not honestly day to day my life. I'm so it's such a normal world. Like my day to day life is so normal, and being on set is is kind of like especially when because you know your crew and you hang out and you banter. It's like being back at school. It's really weird. Like there's a really good chemistry and yeah, it's it's definitely not as glamorous as people think. If you uh, were to look to the future, you've obviously already worked with some incredible artists. Is there anybody else left that you're like, I would love to work on one of their music videos? Oh God, so many. I really want to work with Anne-Marie. I, re- I, I mean, there's obviously the obvious people I'd love to work with, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I, I would love to work with Anne-Marie. I would love, there's a new artist called Shabo who I'd really like to work with. It's actually quite varied. I have like, there's, you know, it's not a specific genre or a type of artist. There's there's quite a few people. Well, I wish I mean, you I'm... good luck with ticking off that list. Cause, and I believe that you'll do it. I do. <laughs> I, I hope so. I really do. I really do. Carly, we always end the podcast by a bit of advice, ideally from someone that you've worked with, because you've obviously worked with an incredible array of people. Some advice that someone has shared with you that you feel like, yep, the world needs to know about this advice. Um, yes, but can I say this piece of advice actually came from my mum? Oh right? my God, here's, yeah. She's, a, she's an author. She's sort of gone through the motions of, you know, having like bad feedback, good feedback, toxic, this, that, the other, online, you know, she's she's gone through the motions. And there's always this thing that hangs in the air of um, you're only as good as your last video. You're only as good as your last book. You're only as good as your last film. And my mom once said to me something around the lines of the individual pieces of your life don't make up who you are. It's the bigger picture. It's something like that. God, now I feel really embarrassed that I don't know the actual thing she said. And it's really powerful. And it made me realize that Imagine if when you die and you take your life and you you break up all your all the things you've done, all the videos you've made, all the songs you've produced, all the books you've written, and you look at it as a whole, there'll, there'll never be a whole without all these sort of bad things that have happened, but they make up the picture. Mm-hmm. And so you have to let them happen to get the bigger picture. And she was trying to explain to me that you're always going to have a bad video or you're always going to have a bad day. and But no significant moment makes up who you are it's all the pieces together so 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 to anybody really on any sort of you know industry or platform it's kind of everyone says oh you have good days you have bad days you've got to ride it out no but it's really true not only do you have bad days but those bad days are really really important parts of the big picture they really are you look at it at the end and you see all those bad days you're gonna go oh that's why and they make much more sense and and, it, and you will have them and enjoy them. Enjoy the bad times. Enjoy them. A massive thank you to Carly for chatting with me. If you want to check out her work, you can find her on Instagram at Carly Cusson. If you made it through to this point, hello. I'm hoping that means you liked what you heard. If the answer is yes, please subscribe please spread the word and come and pay who you don't see a visit next week in time for our Christmas special. And I am so, so, so excited to say we're chatting to the man behind Mariah Carey's hair, Miles Jeffries. Hopefully see you then. <laughs>